0: of the Eugene S. Robinson Show Papa Light It Up! Woo! I think that's a good replacement for Knuckle Up. Light it up. Light it up. Why? It's a zigzag man. Welcome to V9 of the Eugene S. Robinson Showstopper. I am your host, Eugene S. Robinson. This show is very simply penises and potatoes. By which I mean, for those of you not in and on the know, dictators. And see, don't don't take that extra step from penises and potatoes to dictators to tater tots, because then it gets weird. So we have a whole show, quickly followed by "You Kill Me," incidentally, where we review the scariest movie purportedly that's ever been made. Now I don't want to tip the hat, but before then, Bob Riley. Big moder, calling it a just a bumper music that's called intro all of nothing, and he says the words that say it all. What I, I could not see so know. clear, I'm taking, I'm taking a real good look at your face. So oh, being paid back in full always, nothing. All right, all right, all right, my
1: friends. So uh, we didn't specifically get the Nazis in in the first 30 seconds, but since this show is about dictators, uh, uh, I guess it would be implied. Hold on, I'm gonna, well, you don't have to hold on. I'm gonna keep talking. We tried an experiment with the microphone last week and that was a miserable failure. So on the on the You Kill Me, the film review show for reprobates, which is gonna show after this one, we are going to uh, uh, switch spots because I'm too loud and is too quiet, and uh, it, we'll see if that makes a difference. Anyway, uh, let, let's get into this now. And for those of you who who are not quite clear on the obsession with, with Nazis, you, you will find uh, one of the older shows, we talk about it as, as it tends to be a nexus of evil, um, the tendrils of which have everything to do with how our world functions today. Um, good and bad. Um, so anyway, let, let's let, let's get right to it. And some of this will be a Don, a walk down Donna Shalala Lane for some of you, but I need to include it. Uh, uh, I need to include it as a prelude, uh, as a prelude. And that goes back to the integrity challenge of 1983. I had a roommate who was uh, the same one who was attacked by the three foot tall Hitler that was about an inch and a half thick that materialized through his loft and tried to attack him. Don't let that. Uh, this is not about the la- veil of laughter. I, I I don't make fun of him at all for that uh, necessarily. I uh, I believe it happened and he saw what he said. He saw. That's not the point. The point is these in the old days before cell phones, people would call for you that you didn't want to talk to, and you know answering the phone was an act of Russian roulette. That that the, the if you've only grown up on cell phones, you don't have any idea what it was like. The phone would ring and it was like a fucking Tolstoy play or a Chekhov play. <gasps> Who's you gonna answer it? Who could it be? I don't know. Do you dare? You didn't know. This is before answering machines, even where you could kind of screen and have some sort of minor sense about what was going on. You had no idea. And very frequently, there were people that you didn't wanna It's not like you never want to talk to them. You just want to talk to them a certain time. So he started off with Hey, man, I'm not your secretary. One phone, two roommates, two rooms. So well, I'm not asking you to be a secretary, but if you're gonna answer the phone, you're going to have to field some of these unless you're going to get 100% of the calls. So if you don't get 100% of the calls, if you get 50% of the calls, and I get the other 50% of the calls, um, do not put me in a situation where I'm going to have to do something I don't want to do. He so said, you never have to do anything you don't want to do. Just tell the people that want to talk to you that you don't want to talk to them. I go, that lack of, of, of grace and, 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 and cooth is not part of what I want to do. You know, it's not I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to talk to him right now. He says, why don't you say that then? Because then I have to say when I do talk to them, and I don't know when that's going to be. He says, well, you know, you should figure it out. Well, I, I'll figure it out when I figure it out, but that's not going to be happening on the phone call. So we got in this. He goes, face it. The reality of it is you have zero integrity. I said, I got way more integrity than you. He goes, bullshit. You are a fucking sleazy scumbag, and, and I've got way more integrity. These women call for you, and then I said, OK, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Next time a call comes in for me, it's somebody You'll pick up and they'll say, is Eugene here? And you'll say, yes, he is. Whether or not I know who it is is unimportant. If I don't want to talk at that point, I will jump out the window and run out into that field. We had a first floor apartment, so that wasn't nearly as dramatic as it sounded. I would jump out the window. I would run out into the field. And they would say, hello, is Eugene there? And he goes, yes, he is. Just a second. I would hear that. I would scramble over to the window, jump out the window, and run out to the field. He would say, he just scrambled across the room, jumped out the window, and ran out into the field. And they would go, oh, oh, oh that Eugene," because I guess they figured there are any number of reasons why I might run to the window, jump out of it, and run into a field. And I would come, back, and he would hang up the phone, and i wait. He wouldn't tell me he'd come in because he's not my secretary, so I'd have to wait in the field, and I'd come back in. It's got to be wearisome, but it was important to me to win the integrity challenge. And then I realized after we ceased being roommates, which was a couple of years, he ended up going off to, to, uh, to go to the robotics lab at GM in Detroit, Royal Oak, Michigan, specifically. You can see his cause his, his his cosmography. He was like, uh, very much in the control. Also a wrestler. And so yeah, uh, I realized in his absence that I got obsessed, these various peregrinations through, through personality development. And some of you may remember that period where I went through where I decided I will make no decisions. Anytime somebody wants to come over and do it, I will, I will yield to the waves. The waves want to take me this way, I will go that way. The waves want to take me... Then I realized there's no such thing as not making a decision. You've always made decisions. Not making a decision is a decision. It's not like I will make one last decision and I will make no decisions after that. Every moment is a reckoning. So I kept doing this integrity challenge. I kept doing this integrity challenge. And it set me up as a straw man against against my better self. And then I realized it was a whole Western obsession with feeling bad about yourself. You know... And I had an re- open relationship and I'd say, look, I could bullshit you or tell you the truth. And the woman said, Well, you know, I want you to tell me the truth. And so I said, Okay, well, I had sex with so and so. And you know, and she goes, well, Okay, I'm not gonna leave. I'll stick around. But yeah, I wish you hadn't done it, but thank you for telling me. And then if you care about this person one iota, it starts to weigh on you, you start to feel bad, and you start to have to moderate, modulate your behavior. I can't I can't presumably if I stay with this woman. Continue having a love affair with this woman of some sort, a variety, fucking around with other people is substandard behavior. Who says? I don't know. I just decided. Integrity challenge. And I was feeling bad. I was feeling pursued. You know, when like religious people come up to you and they start giving you that whole uh, rebop about we're all sinners. And you know how instantaneously you feel bad. It's it's the same setup when somebody says you're not going to like this. Now, they don't really know that you're not going to like it. And the point is not to prepare you for bad news. The actual point of it is to bring you fucking down. Because otherwise, people would say, oh, man, you got a ticket. Done. Okay. oh, shit. Yeah, I I can can deal with that. I got a ticket. Just like I walk up to the car and say, ah, fuck, there's a piece of paper in the car. I got a ticket. But that extra kick in the ass that you give by, I'm going to tell you a little story about how you fucked up again. You're not going to like this. I don't need the preamble. So I'm being driven from pillar to post, trying to yield to my better self. My better self is calling the fucking tune, and it's making the whole operation shitty. Now, if you're a Freudian, he's been debunked, and he ignored all of his women patients and dismissed their claims of uh, uh, sexual assault and molestation as being products of hysteria, and he was high on coke and had this unhealthy relationship. Let's not get into Freud. I won't even get into the fact that I went to school with his grandson, who now works in the DMV. I won't even talk about that. But he's let, let's go. Let's use his model because this is as useful as anything else. There is this, the, the super ego, the ego, and the id. There's no mistaking that the id is the longest finger here. I've chosen. Super ego it is the adult voice in your head. The more perfect me that is upbraiding. Everything else making me feel fucking miserable. There there, there is the ego that is somehow where I exist in reality. And there is the id, the uncontrolled, you know, animal portion that just does whatever the fuck you want to do. So clearly, these. Super ego and the id are balanced out into who we are most of the time, the ego. I, who we talk about when we say I, all right? All right, so I'm having this war and I'm walking around feeling miserable. And then I have this epiphany, a road to Damascus moment to rival the road to Damascus moment I had at the beginning of 2018. My positivity thing. And for very much the same reason, I was I was a dead man walking. I was lost, and then I became found, walking around absolutely fucking miserable. And I said, you know, I started looking at historical figures, and I just happened to be reading uh, books on Stalin and and Hitler at that point, and they were some of the, and they all had these moments. Hitler, when he went to the mountaintop, purportedly, whether it was apocryphal or not during World War I, was struck blind, was in the hospital with what they some people dismissed as hysterical blindness. He was not a war hero in the sense that he was shooting, killing a lot of people. This is Hitler we're talking about. But he distinguished himself by acts of valor, by saving people, which is very common if you read Lieutenant David Grossman's book on killing. And it, 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 indeed, if you know anybody in the military, they talk about, hey, policy objectives are not our business. I am there to protect my brothers and sisters in arms. That's it. The people who are doing what the government said, I'm there to protect them. Us, America, or whatever country they happen to be serving. I get that. Stalin had these moments. Mao had this moment. He It was kind of probably when he was jet planning people and realized that he enjoyed torture. It's a quiet embrace of self. You don't see, you don't see, let's go back to the natural world, which you find totalitarian leaders often like to do, I mean, Joseph Stalin wasn't Joseph Stalin's real name. Stalin is like some Russian derivative for steel. It's not an animal. But Hitler, ate off. he called himself Wolfie. It was some you know identification. Anton Levay from the Church of Satan, who I interviewed many years ago, would would always go back to the you know animal phenotypes. He you goes, know, some people are sheep, some people are cows, some people uh, are wolves. Some people, it's a it's a very sort of easy way to understand the modern world. But the reality of it is. Animals are as they are. They are as they are. They am as they am, like Popeye said. I am what I am. Industries are built. Buildings are built. Edifices are built on this idea that you suck. And one day I woke up and I go, I can't have it. I absolutely cannot have it. And I started thinking about this when my mother said about the birth of my grandson. He goes, he's going to grow up just like you. I go, what do you mean? He goes, surrounded by a sea of women. I have four sisters, four sisters, three daughters now. But I grew up with female cousins, female cousins. I'm ticking off the female cousins. Female cousins, female cousins, female cousins, aunts, uh, half aunts, half aunts, great aunts, Grandmother, grandmother, -grandmother, great-grandmother, and like six aunts on my father's side, stepmother. The only men in the family that didn't marry in were like me and my Uncle Sammy. And Uncle Sammy had all daughters. These are my female cousins. And so uh, my, my drummer was going, well, what does that mean? You don't understand. When you were the only boy in that sea of women, everywhere you go in the family, people are fucking happy to see you. Why do you think I'm a fucking singer? You know what it's like to grow up like that? Everywhere you go, it's like, hey, UGZ, yay, hey! Everybody loves you. So this whole integrity challenge really took me down a different and dark path that was absolutely positively outside me, outside of being me. And, and I had this awakening. And the awakening said, uh, it was based on the thing that thing about the, to thine own self be true. Da, 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 da. And I go, you know, you might be a good squirrel, you might be a bad squirrel. But what exactly defines a bad squirrel? how How would you fail in being elementally squirrely? They say squirrels are, they describe as the meth heads of the animal world, forget where they've planted eighty percent of their of their nuts, but it doesn't matter because all the squirrels are planting nuts. So you only you remember twenty percent, but then you find other squirrels nuts for a good portion of the time. That's just your behavior. There's no such thing as being a bad squirrel. Even a squirrel gets hit by a car, eaten by a hawk is not a bad squirrel. It's just a squirrel, man elementally a squirrel. I am a human being, elementally. And as I am, it's as I am. And I decided that, you know, I would not fall prey to this Western... I mean, America is mired in self-hatred. What do you think the whole racism thing is about? Racism is very specifically about self-hatred. If you read that piece I wrote on Ozzy about penal politics, And the connection, the the dictatorial connections between perceptions of penis size and and, uh, bellicosity, you would understand that the problems that America has with race are specifically male problems with penis. You don't think that's true? Really? You think these slaves came over from Africa with pants on? They didn't come across with pants on. They came across fucking naked. How long did you take? Do you think it took before the English, Scottish, Irish uh, 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 slave owners took note of the fact that their male chattel had larger penises? I mean, people have been enslaved before. Irish came over as indentured servants, you know? Nazi Germany was obsessed with the Jew because of purportedly the male Jews. Plundering penal power, but always threatening German womanhood. War Machine, this MMA fighter, is thrown in jail, wrote a letter, his epistle from, like, a from Paul from jail, where he said, There's not a single white man in America who wants to think about his sister, mother, you know, bedding down with a black guy. It's a self hatred. Because in all the racist chit chat, you know, and all the kind of racial incidents and hate crimes, very few are against people with small penises. It's noteworthy. I mean, when Detroit was threatened by Toyota, you know, a proxy penis. There were beatings back in in the 80s when Japan was world beating, and the people they will get them, beat them. I remember a well publicized case where they beat a guy. Of course, was American of Asian extraction. I'm not telling you how I expect things are. I'm telling you how they are. Like the woman who was telling me she had an open relationship with her boyfriend. Great. And she goes, ah, oh, he's very tough with him, for him. I go, great. And she goes, yeah, he wants to know about the sex I have with these other guys. And I'm laughing and kind of commiserating with how difficult it is because though I'm having sex with her, I'm not bothered by the sex that she, fact that she's having sex with the people. She goes, yeah, you know, he doesn't, you know, he wants to know stuff and it hurts him. But I go, what, what kind of stuff does he want? He goes, well, you know, wants to know if they're handsome. And I laugh because I'm not worried about whether she's having sex with men that are handsome, more handsome than I am. Oh, whether they're funny or they're smart, I'm laughing. I don't care, you know, how big their penises are. I laugh how good they are in bed. I, I don't know, I don't give a shit. She goes, how much money they make? And I, you fucking Then suddenly, I don't think it's funny anymore. Suddenly, I'm not laughing, right? In a completely unexpected fashion, this Paul has fallen over me. The prospect of her having sex with rich guys, I come and have sex with her and leave. Rich guys come and have sex with her and leave. I leave broke, and they're still rich, and that seems unfair. And I'm hating it so I'm understanding that entire industries are built on mimicking natural order that's what drugs do every single process that your body that, that your body affects when you take drugs happens naturally it just gives it in a concentrated form so America hates itself and the hatred of itself goes back to its roots in racism which is a different tendril of self hatred I wouldn't have any of that I didn't grow up like that i was gonna i was gonna do like Stalin and I was gonna do like well, okay, well, not like Hitler, but you know what I mean. Like these leaders, like Mao, these world leaders, these world beaters, who quietly embrace self. I often find it strange that left-wing dictators are much worse than than right-wing dictators. Right? Why do you think that is? Because left-wing dictators are fired up on the hoo ha, and people will actually believe them that we're there to help you. Now, Hitler said, "I'm there to help," but he didn't say, "I'm there to help you." all you. He said, I'm here to help you, Aryan, right here. Not gypsy, not homosexuals, not communists, not Jews, not Roma, you. But Mao and Stalin, we're here to help you. And that's why they tend to be worse, maybe. So I I quietly embrace self. And then there's something else I noticed from the historical model, model. That quiet embrace itself as a precursor to greatness seems to be because you're not fighting at war with yourself. All of your tanks are pointing in the same row, finally. But it's good for you, but ends up being very bad for people around you. We're still suffering from the re- world War II has left its stain on the modern world to this day. And that's why we talk about Nazis on this show. The stain continues to this day. Oh, really? Let's talk about Swiss banks. Oh, really? Let's talk about Hugo Boss, Bayer, Fanta. I mean, the tendrils, uh, Mercedes, Volkswagen, let's th- th- not even like, we, yeah, oil, the Middle East. It, it just, it, we're, we're constant. Or how these countries were decimated from their brain. That fucking Vladimir Putin, which I trod lightly on, is now a leader for life with, with uh, Xi Jinping, all products of, of World War II. All. Every single one. Every single one. I'm going to get back to why dictators are bad. So I quietly embrace self, but I tell my, with one proviso, if it tends to have a negative effect on the people around me, I will alter my behavior. But otherwise, I am, I am stepping beyond when Nietzsche talked about good and evil. He wasn't, Nietzsche wasn't caught up in any kind of integrity challenge. Didn't make a difference. Those were slave rules, according to Nietzsche. I'm stepping beyond slave rules. And I'm going to quietly embrace who it is that I am without guilt and without apology. And I did so. Have I attained greatness? Not specifically. (laughs) I'm happy with who I am. I'm no longer fighting with myself. It takes it takes a sort of and effort sometimes in order to be who it is that I am when, when the impulses are primarily from the id, but I think there's a healthy balance. And now ego is the longest finger there. I think I'm healthy. The problem with dictators the problem with dictators is, is that they're here in idland so let me let you've heard me joke about beria beria was ahead of the nkvd or nvkd whatever the russian uh, uh, essentially the russian Shustafel, ss under stalin under soviet uh, under stalin secret police and you've heard me joke about Beria because Beria on Stalin's deathbed, as Stalin was kind of passing out in, in and out of consciousness, when he was in con- when he was conscious, he was like, "Oh, kissing his hand. Oh, please, please, Koba, please, please, live, live." And then, as soon as Koba kind of went lapsed consciousness again, he would spit, "You pig! I hate you! I hope you die!" He did this for like hours. <laughs> he was hedging his bets. So uh, Beria has always seemed kind of a comical figure to me, and then I did some more reading on Beria, and Beria was a complete piece of shit, I mean, in in, in ways that are fundamentally worse than, than somebody like a Himmler. I mean, Himmler created the gas chambers because he saw killing people was, one, bullets were expensive, and two, it was having a deleterious effect on his troops. His troops were having a hard time shooting children. A lot of these troops were fathers. And they weren't seeing that, you know, despite Jewel strikers, you know, uh, cartoons and *Disturmer* that said the little Jew today goes up to be the big Jew tomorrow. Outside of that, they were having problems. They couldn't afford to have the machinery have problems with what the machinery does. Said so we'll we'll compartmentalize and make it simple and clean and humane. He said. He fashioned himself, uh, he fashioned himself a holy warrior of sorts. Beria, not even ideology was about again. Not this, this, and Beria was a sex fanatic, a sex predator. He would cruise around either Moscow or St. Petersburg, I can't remember, and he would see teenage girls walking places. He had 17, 16-year-old girls. And he would stop and have his bodyguards drag them into his limo. Now, you can imagine at the time, I mean, keep in mind how long Stalin was in power. So I could say 1950, 19. 1947. Neither, I mean, post war, the guy had a lot of time on his hands. Maybe he was doing this a lot. He was doing a lot, and they would get. He would be, get back to his private uh, apartment, and they would have a nice meal. So you can imagine. Simply, you go, oh, you know, okay, it's not what I expected, but this is looking okay. And then he would fuck them, try to fuck them after the meal. If they didn't want to. Have sex with him, he would rape them. And if you raped them after he raped them, he would strangle them and bury them in the garden out back. When any time you hear about a sex criminal, you got to know that this is not a one off. You know, I've had periods of my life where I've had sex three times a day, every day. You know? Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Where there's a will, there's a way. Scarcely, if you know you're not going to see somebody for a long time, you you might you know burn the candles from both ends. So it was it was well known. It was well known enough that Stalin told his daughter, if Beria offers you a ride, do not take it. Now just keep. Keep that in your mind for a second. If Stalin says to his daughter, if Beria offers you a ride, do not take it. In fact, I think the U.S. consulate was on the street that he used to cruise down, and it was well known. All that your single women friends walked down that street. Not uh, not unaccompanied. It was uh, a secret nothing. It's what the dude did. It's like one guy likes disco. One guy likes hip-hop. It's what the guy did. Stalin knew what he did. Stalin knew what he did. So what you have is you have a super ego figure who exerts zero control over the id. When Hitler shows up at the meeting and the drug addict Goering, the heroin addict Goering, is there in a caftan with made-up metals and a turban plunging his hand into a bowl of diamonds and jewels, Hitler does a double take but does not at all correct his actions and activities. Stalin knew that Beria was murdering teenage girls by the droves, and did nothing to stop him. Because how is big crime going to get? Unha- how is big crime going to sanction little crime? You think Hitler gave a fuck about jaywalking? <laughs> how could Hitler make a big deal about jaywalking when he was busy murdering 12 million people? and stealing all their stuff. No. Like we figured out on one of the old past shows and the old knuckle-up shows, murder as state policy is ineffective because it breeds inherently unstable societies. Why are the sta- un- societies unstable? Because you have people yielding to the id. You have the appearance of a strong superego figure who indulges the id now he indulges the id of who the people who people who are kind of mired in super ego force projection people in power look at the rats that are being the rats that are being burned out of the trump administration and you can say Eugene you're getting political don't worry about how political i'm getting I'm not sanctioning their behavior. Why? Because a rat is predictably, elementally always a rat. The will to power creates an animal that always does what the, that kind of animal does. So a guy who's cutting checks for 130, 130,000 to porn stars with a wife, I'm not sanctioning their behavior. Honestly, if you come to me and say, you know what type of guy I am? I'm the type of guy who has an a, a eight-month-old child at home who's been married two years, who, whose who's, who's wife is you know, beautiful and dutiful, and I'm going to pay $130,000 to, to a porn star because that's the kind of guy I am. I can only sanction the guy from a position of morality and sanctimony. And that feels like an uncomfortable place to me because who among us cast the first stone. So it's hands off. But you watch how these super ego figures do. Sanctioning the most base elements of our personalities. That's without morality. I think it's safe to say that if every one of your orgasms is accompanied by a murder, that you've gone pretty far afield. Like the bear said, I don't think you come here for the hunting. And I probably would guess it. I don't think you'd come there for the sex. Because I'm pretty sure at that time there are lots of prostitutes in St. Petersburg or Moscow who would have liked to ride the limo and a nice healthy meal. That's not what he was going for. You probably even had teenage prostitutes. That's not what he was going for. Like the song by the band X Says. Johnny hit and run Pauline. He wanted that special girl. The one that said no! And Stalin co-signed it all. Hitler co-signed it all. People talk about evil, and it makes me uncomfortable because it has a moral framework that, in general, makes me uncomfortable. But somebody came pretty close. I don't remember who it was in defining evil. And it was consciousness of wrongdoing. And this counters, it wasn't, I I keep, I think I mistakenly attribute it to to, uh, Aristotle. And I think it's a a woman uh, philosopher who said, no person consciously does evil. I mean, even the Nazis were like, we're we're holy warriors. This is God's mission. But there you listen to some of the the, the, the fireside chats, whatever they had, um they I can't table talks that Hitler had. And there's a smirk, smirking kind of uh, 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 sub-knowledge. Uh, that, that indicates to me that that he had a really deep understanding that he was very specifically doing wrong and delighting in it. Mao discovered that he liked torture on seeing his first torture session. He talked about uh, doing it to his father. He goes, there was a man who was built for jet planning. Jet planning is when they would tie you to a pole and tie your hands behind you and yank your, your wrist up. So you look like those uh, uh, whirly, not whirly gigs, but those of a thingamma, thingamajigs, those kids' toys that slide up and down a pole. These guys sign off on this because, of course, that's why they're there. They are humanist, also known as anti-humanist. <laughs> they want humans to quietly embrace a very specific aspect of themselves not here here as i've gotten older i've come to the conclusion i've come to the conclusion that that the certain things that i had no time for that in, in dictatorial settings typically dictators don't have time for consensus compassion empathy um patience that these things are are possible and probable and useful in building a healthy ego. There's a frustration, a frustration that you might have felt and it seems to me a very adolescent frustration. I remember saying it in high school. I remember Bushwick Bill saying it. I'm tired of paying these high-ass gas prices. Why don't we go to Iraq and blame that bomb that little piece of shit off the map. That's how the hip-hop line goes. The ghetto boys, Bushwick Bill. It's a simple solution for a complex problem. Now, I'm looking for complex solutions to complex problems. And so now we have a president, the US US of A, who says, uh, much like Duterte, hey, we should have the death penalty for drug dealers. Hmm. (laughs) So, the prep school kid who sells a bindle of Coke at, at uh, Andover to a friend, when he gets caught, he should be hanged. Is that what, what we're saying? No, because probably he's not going to get hanged. That's not what's going to happen. He will not get hanged. Guy in my neighborhood who sm- is, is still selling crack to the, the few desperate few who still think crack is cool to do, he will get hanged. You realize, you know, um, again, consciousness of wrongdoing in Nazi Germany. I think it was Himmler, or uh, oh, who was the cat? Who somebody texted me? The cat who got uh, blown up, the butcher of Prague. Ah, my God, the long-faced cat. Um, Remember, they had three: Himmler, Hitler, and this cat who got shot uh, killed in Prague. I got my phone. Tweet me if you can remember. Or you can actually you can, you can tweet me, and it'll come up on my phone, and I I can't remember his name at this point. Um, and those, all those guys witnessed execute. Hitler had no interest in w- witnessing any execution. No interest. Knew what was happening, not interested. Himmler went, got queasy. This third guy whose name I suddenly can't remember, high-ranking Nazi, who was the butcher frog who got blown up by assassins because he used to like to tour the country in an open uh, open car convertible. He uh, attended uh, uh, some of the shootings, and he loved it. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Thought it was great. A good time. Enjoyed himself. So um, <laughs> I, I, I got sidetracked. There's a fly on the softbox, a little gnat, and I was going to kill a gnat. And I was like, hey, you know what? Last week's show about reincarnation and and, and ha uh, uh sloughing off the personality to enter the consciousness soup these are all glimmers of that consciousness that's neither that is neither you know uh, created or destroyed but just changes form an aspect of it like a tune in a dream that you don't <laughs> that you don't hear again you know i'm a lot more gracious now that i find the prospect of me ending up like a gnat exist <laughs> you know because suddenly that portion of the dream it's like a fart in the dream and it moves on so where was i so these guys so uh uh um uh, they, they uh uh hydric 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 ha huh. i still got it thank you no need to tweet i got it it's hydric hydric loved it i loved, loved the killing so a uh so we've got you know this whole thing even uh, so, Heydrich, i gotta remember what I was gonna say. Heydrich loved the killing, and I think it was him who said, "Um, uh-huh, at some point when it w- people would figure it out that this is serious shit—we're not just losing jobs and houses, goods. People are taking trains to the east, and they're never coming back. And people started filing uh, dispensations to protect f- friends, family, associates. If you had connections, you tried to—you tried to." If you had strings that could be pulled, you tried to pull them. And one of these guys chortled, uh, 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 and it was a chilling moment for me. He chortled, and it was quoted as doing so. He said, yes, yes. You know, we we all have our favorite Jew. It wasn't Heydrich. It was one, some, I think maybe it was Himmler who said, we all have our favorite Jew. In other words, we all have people that we'd like to save, but it's a holy mission. Heydrich is the one who said, Nobody escapes our kettle kettle alive. So you got to understand that if you're committed to committed to a certain chaos like um, uh, a lot of these dictators, it's for a very specific reason, right? And the reason is whatever the id will allow, whatever game the house is playing is whatever the id will allow. Every act of murder in World uh, Nazi Germany was accompanied by an act of theft. Is that what you want? Jews took your job? You get their jobs, you take their houses, their art churches, their wine, their jewels, the gold from their fucking teeth. Wouldn't that be cool? Stalin. You know? Oh, the partisans are stealing the food. Let them eat the food they've stolen. No, it's a famine. No, there's no famine. They've, they're hiding the food. And you give people carte blanche to embrace the, the elementally embrace who exactly it is, the quiet embrace of themselves. It's a quiet embrace of self. It is go- autarky, the rule of the radically individual. Eye for eye for me. Collectivism, my ass. It's I for I for me. And I start to think that's the main monkey show. But I always want to know what's behind the curtain. And very frequently, a will to power, it's not money. Money is connected to power. How much money does Vladimir Putin have? Tons, apparently. He's a multi-billionaire with money stocked away and and, and houses all over the, and banks all over the world. You know, people keep thinking that this thing, the piss video, purported piss video of Trump. Oh, yeah, they could release that video tomorrow of him pissing on hookers, pissing on the bed while he claps and cheers in the background. It wouldn't make a difference for his fucking base. And he's happy to set that up as a straw man because that's not the issue. The issue is allegedly laundering of fucking funds. And what better than a guy who fucking licenses names for all kinds of sketchy real estate projects? He's serving the same purpose that Swi- Switzerland served for Nazi Germany in World War II. That's why you won't see the guy's taxes. That's why he said he's going to draw the line at, pl- you know, digging too much into his. his. So, oh, 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 look at it. Look at that fucking. <laughs> Siri pulled up some stuff with uh, <laughs> on Switzerland. I said Switzerland. I Siri's listening. So in this instance, what is it? Is it, is it is it money? How many more billions of dollars could Vladimir Putin have? No. How what about Trump himself? Why would he even why would he want to be president? Do you think? He wants to help? I don't believe that. You remember that that, that that thing, that Twilight Zone? What are you here for? We're here to serve man. All right, the aliens are gonna take us to another planet. They're here to serve us. Guy goes running up to his spaceship as is, is about to take off. He goes, It's a cookbook. We're dinner. We're a fucking dinner. And the easiest way to step onto that menu is to quietly embrace a portion of yourself that's given away totally to the id. And this is why MMA fighters get fucked. <laughs> if you're in a position where you suddenly have $130 million, under what circumstance would you go to Ibiza and dance on a table with a cardboard cutout of your face on your face. I mean, maybe I'll do that once. My spies at the Straight Blast Gym in, in Dublin say, dude seems to care about three-piece suits. And touch and butt in the park. You know, oh, man, why train, man? Your id has a lot of good ideas. Eugene, have sex with a lot of these women. You, Eugene, you don't feel like talking, jump out the window and run out into the field. It has lots of good ideas. And embracing them without sanction from my superego feels pretty good. But you know where that road inevitably leads. At some point, somebody said to me, I knew you were a sex addict. I like, go, how'd you know that? Because I could tell you weren't having fun. People in Berlin in 1945 weren't having fun, and they weren't having fun in 1943, and they weren't having fun in 1942, and they weren't having fun in 1940, and they weren't having fun in 1947, they weren't having fun in 1950, they weren't having fun in 19... 19- they, they had a brief moment. Real communism has never existed except for a brief moment after the revolution. And if you think Lenin had something different planned than, than fucking Stalin, you're absolutely wrong. It's not like, oh, dad died, but the stepdad was really terrible. No, 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 nah, nah, The plan was always to create a, 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 a theater work where you could just do whatever the fuck you want. Why? 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 Same reason that we're encouraged to believe that processed food is good food. It's not about this, this this outfit. It's not about this outfit. Remember, like I was talking about past lives. It's like an outfit that you wore last week. I can't remember what I wore last week. It's not about the outfit I'm wearing. This life is an outfit. Take it off at the end of the day, step into another outfit. But how I wear this outfit affects the next outfit I wear. And that's where people get fucked up. I mean, we've been beating our heads in, those of us who follow MMA have been beating our heads in, trying to figure out, trying to figure out very specifically what the bald one is doing. Very specifically, trying to figure out what he's doing. I mean, how could you, how reckless can you get? Hashtag, how reckless can you get? Watching boxing from, from. He he has created a situation very much like these other dictators where it's pretty clear. It is pretty freaking clear that anything goes. Whatever you want to do, do. Bellator has made that, who generally I enjoy more than I, ha, has made that, that B-league fucking calculation all on their own. That's why Krokop is fighting despite having failed drug tests. Hey, whatever. Do whatever you want. Boxing, described as, as a red light district of sports, has known that for a long time. Individual contribute, it's easy to turn one guy. We remember Hitler, Stalin, and Mao because they turned the entire nation. And something else that's mystified me. How come one of these guys... W- w- look, there was a guy in uh Pakistan. A Pakistani uh, uh, crusader who was murdered by his, had his throat cut by his bodyguard. He was trying to change the law in the, the blasphemy laws in, in Karachi to make life easier for the Christian minority. And his bodyguard is flipped out, killed him. Why doesn't that happen more often? Yeah, they tried to kill Hitler a couple of times. Not Stalin, not Mao. Why? Why? Why don't people close to these cats realize? Because that's a macro move. And what these guys propagate cuts right at the heart of micro stuff. What do you want? What is your wildest dream? What do you access to power, good food, women, men, whatever you want, barrier? You can keep burying 17-year-old girls in your fucking garden as long as you like he was just as likely to turn around and kill beria for killing 17-year-old girls as he was allowed as he was to allow him to to but he knew something spe- very specific and that's as long as you sanction the murder this, the, the the rape torture and sexual murder of 17-year-old girls beria was your guy <laughs> because who else would have given him that license would lenin andropov Lenin Brezhnev? Oh, this guy. Mao never brushed his teeth. Had hookers all up in there all the time. He said, the Tiger never brushes his teeth. Uh, you know, how much would it take him to brush a toothbrush? Didn't feel like it. And delighted in having prostitutes show up at the Royal Palace and having to chow down on Mr. Green teeth. Delighted. So at this point, $4.2 billion later, I have to tell you honestly, the bald ones' interest, I don't know where they are, but it's in sitting back and letting Rome burn because that's what they were there to begin with. And I'm unsure of whether it's their spirit, their wholly embraced id that causes them to do that. In other words, they would have gotten to that end no matter what or whether it's something about the process The process that gets under your skin and fundamentally fucks with your progression through the afterlife. And I'm not talking about heaven or hell. These were humans' attempts to make sense of the slough, you know, sloughing off this earthly frame for your next one. It doesn't sound crazy when you think about it. Go back to the last show if you're confused. V7, V8, if you're confused about what I'm talking about. All of these mistakes, and I'm using air quotes around the word mistakes. Crooked finger, crooked finger, crooked finger. What was that four? Crooked, crooked finger, crooked finger, crooked finger, crooked finger. Air quotes around mistakes. At a certain point, a mistake is like when I was in the Im- Im- integrity challenge, and I thought I'm the type of guy who should talk to somebody. Be say, and I don't want to do it, because because my roommate believes that this is the more integrity full move. And that anything else is a product of fear and I should seek to be beyond fear now oh, get out of here with that i get be at the at the behest of, of the puppet masters no I'm gonna just do what it is I want embrace self I'm not gonna talk to you. I find the happier I am the greater agency I am I, I have I, the, the nat is back sorely tempting my new frame of mind but i let them that live out its natural 32 day life or 30 day life or however long 28 day life however long they live so these are not mistakes that the baldwin is making this is an inevitable consequence of the process and the identification with it. why do you think we call him the bald one because you know the guy in quiet moments is sitting around typing his name into Google to see what else they've said about him. I'm not interested in contributing to that. His son just fought. There's nothing quite standard to me than great men's sons. Frank Sinatra Jr. There's something very sad about Frank Sinatra Jr. Outside of the fact that he's called Frank Sinatra Jr. Whose idea was that? Frank Sinatra's? It didn't help. The guy's doing uh, uh, uh you know, uh, Reno reviews of his father's songs. He's he's like, he, he's like 70. How's that feel? Stalin's daughter either attempted, I, I, my memory is hazy, or successfully suicided herself. Hitler purportedly had no children. Mao's daughter in and out of the nuthatch. Stalin's granddaughter, who's, I think, still alive till a few years ago, she was the one who said that they never caught Hitler, or that they never had any body of Hitler. But these people are kind of at odds, just kind of drifting. I think maybe Mao's daughter also killed herself. I mean, limitations are good, (laughs) because they exist for real. Unless you have... A dictator who's cleared the table for these impulses. What kind of stuff would they sanction? Stuff that threatened the process. You could, say anything you, you could do anything you want in Russia, unless it threatens Russia. And Nunberg, who we talked about on last week's If I Did It, was, you could take me to jail and somebody got in his ear. You think you weigh more than the U.S.? Well, Trump is the U.S. Not yet, he's not. They will get your fucking ass and hold you in jail for 18 months. And if you have a judge that doesn't like you, they'll do what they did to Donnie the punk. Look that shit up. Donnie the punk, peaceful protester, refuses to tell his name so he could could bail bail out of the process. He was going to stand with his African-American brothers in D.C. to protest Donnie the punk. Like that scene from Shawshank. He goes, I will put you down in the deepest, darkest depths with the sodomites. And that's what they did to Donnie the Punk. Said, "Okay, we'll see you Monday. We'll see if you want to tell us what your name is on Monday so we can bail you out of here. And they moved him in the deepest, darkest depths of the D.C. prison. And he was raped for 48 hours straight. I would be hazard a guess that you haven't been forced to do anything for 48 hours. Suffice it to say, Donnie the Punk was a changed man after the experience and changed not in the way you think. Anyway, I've gotten off topic. In other words, the, the apoplexy, which, which we greeted how our, the sport that we love what it was doing to us a year ago, at this point now, we can't continue to be surprised. If you pick up the, for for the first eight months, 10 months, 11 months, the first year of the Trump administration, I wake up in the morning, sit in the toilet, look at the news. And the first thing out of my mouth was, let me see what that asshole has done now. This is stupid. This is like me rushing out of the house, like the new phone books are here. The new phone books are here. Steve Martin, the jerk. Got to see the sun come up. I got to make sure. it's. Hey, bro, it's happening. It's happening. Sure, let's, let's death penalty for drug deals. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. Do you think that Trump has been drug free? Do you think he's drug free now? Do you think Duterte has never consumed an illegal substance and yet they're murdering drug dealers? It's certainly a broad stroke. The purpose is not to free. He's not doing the shit for the people. He's doing it like, like like Mao because they like it. And it contributes to the process. And the process is what happens in a crowded room when we turn out the lights. Id, baby, id. So there you go. If you care about society, You don't, you care about stability. If you don't care about society, you don't really give a fuck about stability. And if you don't give a fuck about stability, what do you care about? Id. Id. Elemental instability. Because from that comes what? All kinds of wonderful happenstance. (laughs) That's right. All kinds. Chaos theory. Which is what, remember we talked last week about Stephen Hawking, where everything, he says, let's just go back. The universe is expanding. Let's run the film back on that to before the Big Bang, which created time. What was the initial seed that caused, that caused the accretion of everything to begin moving away from everything else? Chaos, maybe. Don't know. But I know if I'm living in that process, stability, maybe the enemy of progress, feels a lot better to me. If I have a a rule of law, that feels a lot better to me than being set upon by brigands and rowdies who have a law unto themselves, which is free-floating. They might kill you, they might not. Surprise, surprise. So continuing to be surprised about the administrations of Baldwin. His son just fought MMA. Great. That's cool. But of course, it's not a long-term career. And wants himself, his son, to assert himself as a man, but probably had to have a better understanding of the business. And who should appear there but Lorenzo Fertita? Must feel pretty good walking away with 4.2 billion dollars. A bit nicer than the 300 mil that the bald one has, but these guys don't give a fuck. And that piece that you just read that was repeated in our Australia paper that was lifted from the New York Post about how the UFC has failed that piece was a big, great hump, steaming pile of fucking uh, opposition research, paid for, stunk all over, had the UFC's fingerprints all over. Because never at any point did they say that the current problems with the UFC, they pegged on fighters lacking toughness and smarts. Never at any point did they talk about cash, except to say no fighter worth his damn ever was motivated by cash. Maybe, but lots of fighters worth the damn were motivated by seeing their wives and children starve to death, which is an over-exaggeration, but yet... It was a classic piece of opposition research. Do not buy it. Reprint it in the Australian papers. UFC is going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's the illusion of stability. Nothing breeds better instability than the illusion of stability. I'm driving a car at 80 miles an hour that's going to throw a wheel. If I think it's going to throw a wheel and I drive at 35 miles an hour, I'm not going to cause nearly as much damage as if it throws a wheel at 80 miles an hour. And the guy that encourages me to drive 80 miles an hour because the wheel is okay is not a friend. But if the game is not here in this time, where is it? It's in the other place. That place between outfit changes. This is my outfit in this life. I could wear it for 90 years, 80 years, 70 years. I don't know. Uh, you don't know about the time you're given. But when I'm done with this outfit, I'll get another outfit. That's where the bargaining occurs. That's where the gerrymander goes. That's what we're gambling. I don't put a religious framework on it because I, I got no idea. Agnostic front, baby. But everything else, that's where we are. So let's not be surprised <laughs> where bad or sad things happen in sports or endeavors that we love. It's one game in town and one game only. The ownership of chaos. Anyway, that's the show. Thanks for listening. Uh, um, I'm, uh, uh, I'm going to, I'll tell you exactly what I'm going to do to to cue you in. I am going to stop this show after talking about if you want to know about the shows, subscribe. I think there's a button below you can subscribe, and it'll automatically let you know when the show is coming up. Or I usually tweet it out, at symbol Eugene S. Robinson, all run together. That's a Twitter handle, Mister Sleep 3 on Instagram. I don't do anything with that. That's just if you're interested. And of course, if you have no pictures on your page, I think you're a spy. One guy wrote me a letter. goes, I don't like putting pictures up, but this is who I am. This is my girlfriend. This is my life. Please, 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 okay me on Instagram. I'm not a spy. Of course, who would say that, but who was a spy? But I let him in anyway. But other than that, don't be sending me stuff. It doesn't take much to put a picture up. Okay? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to write the intro. I'm going to it'll process the video. I'm going to on the patreon.com slash the stomper. I'm going to list it there. I'm going to put a new graphic in. So kid not take it, put it up on bloody elbow. And then I'm going to post it on my Facebook page, retweet it. And then I'm going to start the intro stuff for you kill me we will probably get to You Kill Me in about 15 minutes. If you're subscribed to the Eugene S. Robertson Showstopper channel when I get You Kill Me, which we'll do tonight in about 15 minutes after I stop talking, it'll send you a notification. And the review this week is a movie Veronica. Supposedly the scariest movie in the world. If you don't want it spoiled, don't watch the show. But Kasha will 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 join us and we'll we'll talk about uh we'll talk about Veronica purportedly the scariest movie people have been uh, not being able to make it through they've had to turn it off because they were so frightened so that's what I'm going to do now I'll see you in about 15 minutes until
0: then look what you made me do